it's pod nerdy to me. Like, you know, talk dirty to me. No, 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 I get it. Welcome to episode 91 of Pod Nerdy to Me, helping you curate your nerdiness one week at a time? <laughs> Question mark? Question mark? Haven't we been on hiatus? <laughs> uh, we're your hosts, Mike and Josie. So this week remar- uh, marks our wondrous return to the world of podcasting uh, as we discuss uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi uh, but before we do so, we're joined by a special guest, Josh Mann. Hey, how you doing? Josh Mann from uh, JustSayin.com. How do you spell that? J-U-S-T-S-A-I-Y-A-N. I hope that got oh, that right. Oh, he was having problems? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, how do you, how do you spell saying? I mean, I, you know, it's like phone numbers at this point. It's like I have it saved in my bookmarks. <laughs> it's like I don't know your phone number. I just have it saved under Josie. <laughs> Fair. Quick plug. What's Just Saying about? Oh, it is about all things Dragon Ball Z, specifically the games, especially the card games. We love it. Uh, not to brag or anything, uh, everlasting national champion right here. <laughs> we are in the face of royalty. That's right. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I also wanted to believe that there were like some people who were like non-Dragon Ball fans that were just like, he's spelling saying wrong. <laughs> just saying what? <laughs> not just saying. Super um. saying. Fair, fair. But, our our uh, uh, catch, catch flying is uh, a gaming community. With balls. Oh! Fantastic. Dude, that, that is incredible. I love, I love that. that. That's so great. That is too good. Uh, but yeah, what have you been up to these long months, Josie? Uh, you know, finishing up school. That's kind of why we've been on hiatus, really. I've been extremely busy finishing up my last semester of school, graduating with a design degree. So that's said and done. Hopefully we can get back to a regular schedule as I'm looking for a job. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, though. Congratulations on all of that. Thank you. How about yourself? Uh, I have just been kind of biding my time, reading a lot of comics, watching a lot of a new, uh, well, not even a new, it's uh, a Japanese reality show on Netflix called Terrace House, and I've... Terrorist House? <laughs> I'll watch <laughs> you that. that. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like declaring holy wars over like who did the laundry list. Well, no, I was just thinking like uh, an extreme, like, like a, a diverse group of terrorists, not just, <laughs> not just one. <laughs> You've got, you got like an IRA guy. Yeah, you've exactly. got like you got like an ISIS dude. Yes, exactly. You got like some like voice they're, they're all living together, and they're like, like, "So what are you upset about? <laughs> Who gets to claim responsibility for this week's terror yeah. attack?" That'd be exactly. So fucking weird. Uh, this next episode, we're about to explode. <laughs> too soon. Hashtag too soon. Sorry. Oh yeah, too soon. But uh, I mean. It, in actuality, it's just called Terrace, like a like a, a balcony, I guess. House. Okay. Oh yes. Okay. And uh, it's just basically Japanese real world 
where the people are way better adjusted than the people on real world. Is, so wait, you're saying just like super polite real world? Uh, yeah. With like good, with really good food. Yeah, yeah. And they all, like <laughs> they talk out their problems and they like grow as people. And I was like, oh, this is delightful. Oh, sounds boring. <laughs> Somebody hit someone. No, literally. Yeah, yeah. No, I have a, I have a, I have a, a really young millennial uh, coworker who is just like, that sounds boring. I need, like, trash people to feel better than <laughs> Oh, man. And I was just like, oh, my God. Well, I mean, there's American television for that. Exactly. Uh, but instead of talking about television, let's get into a little bit of this Star Wars The Last Jedi talk, shall we, gentlemen? Yeah, so I just wanted to start off with a little disclaimer and initial reaction. So Josh Man was kind enough to invite me to his company outing, a private screening of The Last Jedi Thursday night. And we watched it. There were highs, there were lows. And then as we were exiting the theater and, you know, finally going someplace to quietly talk about it and eat, even though it was a loud bar, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I asked Joshman, I was like, you know, how did you feel about the movie? And he said that he was entertained. Not to take words from your mouth. No, no, no. I I was entertained while watching it. Like, I came out of it. I was like, you know, I don't know if feeling good was the right word, but it was just like, well, I didn't feel like I wasted my time. I was like, oh, okay. That was was a movie. It certainly (laughs) didn't feel... It didn't feel like the two hours, 45 minutes it was. Oh, man, it did for me. Oh, man. How long it was. (laughs) But, But I just couldn't shake this feeling of not being excited. And that's how I want to start. I was not excited. I wasn't there. I wasn't elated to have just seen the most recent Star Wars, which after The Force Awakens, Mike and I reviewed it for the podcast. We saw it four times in theaters by itself, and it blew us away. We loved it. The Force Awakens was kind of the birth of this podcast, to be honest. Oh, no, I completely agree. We started off with Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, that's how I was born. (laughs) <laughs> May 25th, people. Just just going to lay that out there for all you nerds. So this podcast just started off in like episode 7. It's like, we'll, we'll make episodes 1 through 6. <laughs> yeah, there you go, see? But I couldn't shake that feeling of not being excited, and I started to talk it out. And I talked it out with Joshman over a delicious meal at Mr. Smith's, name plug. <laughs> Please give us free food, Mr. Smith, if you're yeah, listening. Exactly. <laughs> but... Uh, I started to really focus in on what issues I had with the movie. Some ranged from what was going on with Finn, some ranged with the Force, and it led me to kind of feel ultimately disappointed with the film. And I wanted to discuss about these things rather than kind of lob, you know, like insults mm-hmm. at the film itself. Yeah. And I think we can expand on that. Absolutely. And like, I, I get, should we say, are there going to be spoilers in this podcast? There's going to be spoilers. Oh, oh, thank goodness, because I was going to have a really hard time explaining. <laughs> so, so things. spoiler right off the bat, Ray dies. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Ray dies, Finn kills her with the force. It was, it came out of nowhere. No one saw it coming. <laughs> That's not how the force works. <laughs> <laughs> Completely kidding. Let's get let's get into the discussion. Like all, all the hardcore Star Wars fans, if they didn't shut off after saying, "Oh, we're not, we're it's not an A plus film," they yeah. just shut off now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. These guys have but, no idea. What to but talk we're, about. Fa- we're that, that's what kind of what I wanted to say is that we're fans and we love the Star Wars franchise, mythos, what have you. And in order to kind of delve into the problems of this film, we have to be open into dissenting opinions. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like an ongoing uh, struggle in like nerd communities everywhere. Yes, where you have to kind of draw the line of being like, 
a fan, but also are you like ju- you're, when you judge the the commercial product that's coming out, like are they being good custodians to the thing that we've become such huge fans of? And are we just going to be happy that they keep putting stuff out? Or are we going to demand a certain amount of quality respect. or respect mm-hmm. for that source material? For that source material, yeah. I mean, you're, agree. you're starting to see a lot of uh, like fandoms divide themselves, where it's uh, you can either love it or you hate it. And if you hate it or if you dislike it, you're not a fan. Like there can be no dissent. I found it a little difficult to actually talk to some of my friends about this movie when I say, you know what? While I was entertained. It wasn't that great, and, and this shocks my friends when I say, and this is a super nerdy thing to say, I'm going to put this, The Last Jedi, around episode two or three in terms of like my list of where Star Wars movies fall, and I, I don't think I need to expound where two or three fall on most people's list. <laughs> Isn't but, that at the top of your list? Oh, yeah, absolutely, right after Phantom Menace, <laughs> if you're standing on your head. <laughs> But but, but, but but no, no, just to give us the full view, how about you run down your list real quick of Star Wars movies? Okay, so... The I w- first one, the moving on to the last. So I would put The Empire Strikes Back as number one. Okay. New Hope is number two. Uh, this might be controversial. Jedi is my number three. Right below that would be Rogue One and then Episode Three. I haven't quite figured out where to put Last Jedi, but I would put Last Jedi... Last? I'm not last. <laughs> no, no, Around no. episode three, maybe before above two? episode. Yeah, maybe four. Episode two, episode one at the bottom. Oh, Force Awakens. Um, I would actually put that around on par as a uh, New Hope. I know that's ironic because a lot of people seem to think that uh, the Force Awakens is basically a, a remake of a New Hope. Which it you isn't. know that, that's that's a fair criticism if people want to say <laughs> it. But I was thoroughly enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I I really liked it i liked a lot of the new characters that they introduced i mean uh, kylo ren finn ray i actually really like hux hux gets a lot of hate but he's a character that does exactly what he's supposed to do like you're supposed to not like that character. oh yes oh, i like him the force awakens the force awakens not so much the last jedi though really? he became kind of a joke in the yeah, last he, was, yeah he was more of a punchline like he's and i definitely... found that to be unfortunate mm-hmm. but uh, in the you know, actually, why don't we just keep going? Mike, how about you? What, what about your list? Uh, it's very similar. Uh, I would probably say Empire, uh, New Hope, then probably just right under that, uh, Force Awakens, mm. uh, Return of the Jedi, then probably probably Rogue One, then, then yeah, Episode 3, and then maybe this Last Jedi. Oh, okay. And then Attack of the Clones. Okay. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, I, I never had to analyze it. Like we were discussing beforehand. Like I don't know where where it lays. But then, then the more we've talked about it, like in preparation for this, I guess things have kind of solidified for me. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, and by default, I'll say mine. Yeah. <laughs> My list. I'd say I'd begin. It's actually a tie mm-hmm. between Empire and New Hope. Wow. At the, at the top. Respectable. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I love A New Hope so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then follow that up with Return of the Jedi. I actually mm-hmm. really love the ending Return of the Jedi. And at a time that I watched the film to begin with, Ewoks weren't a problem for me. 
Uh, you know, now I've, I realize that there's kind of two different films there in one film, mm-hmm. but that ending with Darth Vader and Luke is so epic. You're talking about special edition, right? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> with Not really. No. Just, added no. In just there. No. Over, over Sebastian <laughs> No, I actually have the original theatrical releases of all the, ori- the original trilogy. Completely so, legal versions. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's all I watch. I don't watch any of the special editions. And then follow that up with the force awakens rogue one doesn't belong on my list it doesn't it doesn't it's not on my list because i don't see it as a star wars movie i had a hard time placing it (laughs) so i don't think i in my head canon rogue one doesn't exist because it doesn't need to exist Mm -hmm. and then we have episode three two last jedi then one wow yeah i put attack of the clones on top because that sweet fight with count dooku totally beats anything the last jedi yeah, that flying, that flying Yoda. Yoda. Yeah, that, that, that flippy acrobatic. Yeah, Yoda. I remember in theaters being like, "What?" <laughs> See, I have a feeling though. If, yeah. if I published that list on my Facebook right now, oh, it's like you would I, I would probably be unfriended by some people. Like that's how serious. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and post it on my list. You're a brave man. Say, I, I, I don't need and, to find and, out and who my real that friends Doesn't exist. <laughs> well, one of the things that, that that I find amazing that I notice is that there's a lot of clickbait feeding into this argument too. I've had several friends post articles saying stuff like, like, oh, how the Last Jedi is a plebe filter for you. A uh, what filter? A plebe filter. Oh, okay. Uh, I've seen them where it's like the Last Jedi is actually the greatest movie, and everybody who who says it's not is wrong and not a real Star Wars fan. Like these are actual it's articles. Such strong polarizing arguments. It, it like, is such clickbait to take advantage of a certain kind of fan. And, and and on one hand, as a marketer myself, I find it really genius to kind of take advantage of this. On oh, the other yeah. hand, it's like really you got to wake up and understand what kind of fan you are if you can enjoy something in one way and someone maybe doesn't enjoy it as much or enjoys it in a different way and and i think that's where kind of fandoms in general are going wrong but but i'm I'm just shocked now to see some of these clickbaity articles actually targeting that type of fan i'd never seen it before and it's amazing i like to joke that i'm that kind of fan i do it a lot but i mean if it really push came to shove i'm not like I'm not gonna kill you over whether or not you like something or not. So there was one clickbait article that I was actually offended by, but then you told me that it was actually an issue, an issue mm-hmm. which shouldn't be, and that was that Star Wars people weren't liking the Last Jedi because of inclusiveness, and that's frustrating because there really should be no issue yeah. with the race of people uh, represented in the film. There, there literally is no problem with that, especially if they don't have an actual like line or anything to say, really. Yeah, like like if it's window dressing, it really should be a problem. It's just showing yeah. the diversity. There's like of a random all these guy in the back looking at a chart. Who cares what color he is? My biggest problem was actually that it wasn't inclusive. (laughs) There weren't any aliens. And by it weren't any, I mean there were some, but there weren't a lot. Like I could have I could have had like a Twi'lek fighter pilot. Why not that? Yeah. And well, because, I mean, spoilers, but, like, we already said it, like, so many of the pilots die very yeah. quick. Admiral Akbar, like, no one cares. We are, we're going to talk about the, the scene where he where he gets killed. Unceremoniously like, killed. Yeah, it's like, I actually had to look it up after the movie, where I was oh. like, what, what, was he killed? What, what, did he actually die in that scene? 
Like, his last words weren't, it's a trap, which it kind of was a trap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, this movie's a trap. It's like, he lived as he uh, died in a trap. <laughs> he lived as he died in a trap. I just want to imagine him waking up being like, oh, again. <laughs> Always. I, I totally need a shirt of Admiral Akbar, like 1983 to 2017. Yeah, yeah, it's a trap. Lived as he died. It's a trap. <laughs> in a trap. Put him in a lobster trap. Let's get into the nitty gritty. What's the What's the first topic that we want to expound upon in terms of some of the issues that this film presents? Okay, so I think there's one thing that kept popping up between all three of us. Uh, we, we There are different reasons for each, but the general overarching thing that we keep bringing up is the whole Finn and Rose subplot, how those characters were treated, and what went on with them. I, I want to start off on a positive note. Okay. And I think, Mike, you can say this best. In regards to what? In regards to Rose's sister and how that that subplot actually introduced Rose and her plight in order to kind of join Finn and what was going on. I mean, I, I like I said, like... Er, when when I first watched it, I really enjoyed that opening salvo. I thought it felt like it was displaying, like uh, in my mind, like the, the actual Star Wars, actual Star Wars, like what a what a war would look like, and like how the 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 stakes of war uh, more so than Rogue One did in its entire movie. <laughs> Yikes. That's why it doesn't uh, exist on my list. <laughs> uh, and then there's like, but there is one part of that that sequence that I'll probably get into later that really bothered me. Fair, fair. But not the sequence itself, but the fact that, you know, we have this sacrifice mm-hmm. and it's tied to, you know, th- there are stakes to this war. People mm-hmm. are losing their loved, loved ones. ones, especially, you know, their family. Yeah. And it like rips people apart, but they still have to fight. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was actually kind of like a beautiful beginning to Rose, it kind of mirrored what happens with Luke in terms of forcing him in a new hope to like see what happened to Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru and being like, okay, I need to get out of this planet and actually do something about this because this empire is... It's hit home. Yeah. It literally hit home. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're introduced to Rose and she's probably crying over this. We kind of find out later after we see the same symbol, but to my recollection, she never really mentions it again. In the movie, right? No, she she doesn't. No, she, I've seen the movie twice, and she doesn't. She yeah. does. She doesn't even like have any blame for Poe, who like clearly Leia. That is a good point. Blames yeah. him for this whole thing. Like she actually demotes him over this. Yes. The the, the admiral blames him for this, and the one person who doesn't, who you think you who would, who probably lost the most personally, at least from what we saw, was Rose. Was yeah. Rose. And, and instead, she has this, like, little meeting with him to go ahead and state, like, what the next course of action should be. There's no emotion tied behind it. Yeah, now that you yeah. mention it. That like, is a good point. I would have loved to have seen her just, like, walk up and just, like, punch him in the face, like, as a one thing just to get it out of the yeah. way. Yeah. And be like, all right, let's get down to business. Poe doesn't even say, like, oh, I'm sorry about your sister. Because, I mean, clearly he had to have known who that was. He knew the call sign. He yeah. was not like they're both wearing the same damn necklace. Yeah, it's like I'm and and uh, as we learned in this movie, the resistance is pretty damn small. Apparently, like yes, you think you would know two sisters who are serving. One is a a bomber pilot that you just ran a mission on. Another's an engineer of some kind. Yeah, and, and she died. She apparently has enough clearance to go straight up to Poe. We're like, oh hey, 
I have this. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Yeah. And you don't think Poe would be like, hey, I'm sorry about your sister. Paige? Was Paige your sister's name, I think? Paige Tico? I, I, I forgot. I, we'll, we'll go with she, that. She died real early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she ever looked at the camera and was like, by the way, my name is Paige. I'm, I'm, an important, I'm an important new character, as you'll find out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I press buttons. But yeah, like, that, it's just never meant... It, it's so weird to me, especially with, like, the timing of this movie, which all of us have kind of questions about, where it's like, what is the time span this movie is taking place? Does this movie just take place over a span of 12 hours? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this. In terms of what's going on with Luke and Ray. it practically follows directly after The Force Awakens. Yeah. It's the same exact scene. While what's happening with the Resistance had to have happened over a period of time because Starkiller Base gets destroyed. That means that Kylo Ren, Hux, and even Phasma needed to have reconnoitered at some point and then brought this entire fleet in order to attack the Resistance. You would think that the Resistance base was the one that was destroyed because it's like all of a sudden the First Order has like these massive fleets at their front door. That, but, I mean, that's another thing is that the... The First Order, like, they took care of this in the crawl, but, like, again, they hope that it you kind of just gloss over it because they, they talk about it in the crawl that somehow the First Order has usurped the uh, New Republic and has become, like, the larger force in the galaxy at this well, point. Well, they, they destroyed those five planets. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Yeah, but... Which you think would be a rallying cry for everyone in the galaxy exactly. to be like... Like, I mean, I, I hate to bring up real-world events, but look at September 11th and what that did for people signing up. Like, if five whole planets just got destroyed, you'd think people would be lining up to be like, like let's take these guys out. Yeah, like... They are a problem. Yeah. And I mean, I think, Mike, you've said this off mic, about the, the First Order being a fringe group in the mm -hmm. first movie. Yeah. And, you know, they, they weren't really taken as a threat. Only a small resistance mm -hmm. was trying to... I mean, which is just... Mind-boggling to me <laughs> yeah. because they had an entire planet <laughs> base that they used to kill five, five planets. Minutes. You know, like there's no way that they could have gathered all the resources to, and stuff to make that without like raising some ears. Exactly. But you were gonna say. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, it, it bothered me the fact that there needed to be a resistance in the first place. Like the Republic should have been trying to quash these guys in the first place. But in that crawl, they've somehow written everything out so they're like, oh. Roles have been reversed, and things are in the natural order for what we have in the Star Wars universe, which is Empire is the bad guy. In this in this sense, it's the First Order, and now there's a small band of rebels against this larger insurmountable force. Like they've kind of restored the balance of what we're used to seeing in yes. in a Star Wars movie. But at that same time, it would have taken time to do those things, and that would mean that. Finn's timeline is different. Well, Finn and the Resistance's timeline is completely separate from Luke and Ray. Yeah, Luke and Ray. Like not like that they're actual separate timelines, so to speak, but like they occur in varying spaces. Like in, in terms of like uh, how long like Ray would have to be training with Luke over the course of like how long it would have taken the uh, Empire or the First Order to become the monolith that it is supposedly in this movie this hints at a disconnect in terms of storytelling <laughs> mm -hmm. and that comes from writing and in some regard it feels like the last jedi 
took what occurs in the last third of The Force Awakens and was like, I like that pace, let's stick with that pace. When when even then, I love The Force Awakens as much as I do, but that last third was really rushed. <laughs> I mean, you even question if you're going to even see Kylo, Phasma, or Hux by the end because you don't see any escaping <laughs> Empire ships when the Starkiller base gets destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that kind of brings me to another issue where it feels like a lot of the things that were set up in The Force Awakens were either just straight up ignored or kind of glossed over and and that's going to bring us back to like this whole finn argument where you know at the end of the force awakens finn is in a coma but the very first scene he just wakes up from it in in the last jedi (laughs) so so what was the point of the whole coma like why why couldn't he just been really injured and say, oh, Ray, I'd really like to go with you to find Luke Skywalker, but I'm injured and I have to stay here. That's okay. the reason, in order to not have him go with her. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't have to be in a coma to do that. Or to, well, nor to protest, because as a character, I mean, he was already attached to Ray. Yeah. You know, like, he would have wanted to go with her, I'm no sure. matter what. I'm sure yeah. he would, but... And then, then how, how do you do that? How do you not have that happen? Oh, by having him in a coma. Exactly. <laughs> short-lived coma. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, one of those temp comas, it, like like Smallville, a lot of people... Like, it was a medically induced coma? We have no clue. A lot of people, like, suffered from concussions and temporary amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, with Finn, though, they, they apparently, like... Forgot everything that happened to him in The Force Awakens. Like, like I feel like all the character growth he really experienced in that was glossed over to the point that... And I had to write this down because it was scaring me how, how, how easy this was lining up. To the point that his story arc in both movies are exactly the same. Practically they're the I, they're uh, practically identical. Yes. I mean, there there are some differences, but the overarching thing. And and here I put them side by side, and I'll just briefly go over them really quick. No, no, go out, go through them at length. All right. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through them at, at last Jedi pacing, last third, <laughs> last third of uh, the Force Awakens pacing. And then we'll we'll elaborate where we're needed. Sure. So let's start at the beginning of the Force Awakens. The beginning of Force Awakens. Finn wants to desert the First Order and needs to escape their ship. In the Last Jedi. Finn wants to desert the Resistance and needs to escape their ship. In that regard, he's not deserting for the same reason, though. Yeah. And he wants to desert in terms of finding Rey, but it is, again, just... We're just talking about Plot-wise speaking, plot-wise it's the same it beat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, he wanted to desert the Resistance because he didn't want to murder innocent villagers. So yeah, exactly. It's, like, exactly. It's, not, it's not like he had, had less honorable reasons. In the first one, he didn't want to murder innocent villagers. In the second one, he didn't want to get murdered. Yes. <laughs> so... In The Force Awakens, Finn meets with a potential love interest, Rey, and is forced to team up with her after his escape fails. In The Last Jedi, Finn meets with a potential love interest, Rose, and is forced to team up with her after his escape fails. Uh, that's pretty much beat for beat. Yeah, beat for beat. Beat for beat. Alright, in The Force Awakens, Finn and companion meet an underworld character, Han Solo, who they must convince to help them. A chase with CGI animals ensues. And that's specifically talking about the Rathtar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Han Solo didn't want to join them, but they convinced him. Yeah. He was reluctantly, eh, whatever. In The Last Jedi, Finn and Companion meet an underworld character, DJ, who I had to look up his name because I, I... Yeah, I didn't remember... DJ? I didn't remember his name. This is uh, Benicio Del Toro's Yeah, I was just calling him, like, Del Toro because I'm like, yeah. I just assume he's playing yeah. himself, but in space. It's uh, space Del Toro. I think you mean the Collector? Yeah, yeah the Collector. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to meet... Um... <laughs> <laughs> the Beyonder. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. So, <laughs> Finn and companion meet an underworld character, DJ, who they must convince to help them, and 
a chase, chase with, with CGI, CGI animals. animals. That alien horse race. Yeah. Like one of the three Pokemon we were introduced to in, in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In The Force Awakens, Finn and companions sneak onto a First Order base. He must deal with the sudden loss of the Underworld character. The Last Jedi. Finn and companions sneak onto a First Order base. He must deal with the sudden loss of the Underworld character. Uh, yeah. I guess the difference is, like, one Someone gets dies. killed and the other one is... <laughs> and the other one just betrays them outright. Yeah, exactly. But still, it's still a loss of some... Yeah, yeah but, like, he has really to was. deal with... It's like, okay, I, I came with someone and now I have to leave without that person. Exactly. Alright, in The Force Awakens, Finn and his love interest face a strong enemy. Finn is ready to sacrifice himself, but his companion saves him. She kisses Finn. The Last Jedi. Finn and his love interest face a strong enemy. Finn is ready to sacrifice himself, but his companion saves him. She kisses Finn. Yeah. I, I mean, the evidence is there, y'all. It's just, it's <laughs> when laid out when it's laid out like that, it's crazy to think about it. Like, how similar it is. And how the plot beats have just, they just went speed for beat. For all those people who are complaining that... The repetitiveness the of repetitive, The Force Awakens. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is... Like, even more egregious, yeah. I feel like. And it also does it in a smaller scale throughout the plot itself. I mean, the entire plot of this film is buying time for them to escape. And it's a constant chase. It's a basically a chase film, is yes. what we're watching. Yes, exactly. A and slow, ch- plotting chase film. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, like, with uh, Finn and Rose's whole subplot, you could remove that from the movie in, like, very little is affected by that in yes. terms of the overall plot. Like, they didn't change anything no. at all. I mean, it did, uh, let's say, repeat some of the motifs within the film itself in terms of having a plan, enacting that plan, failing at said plan, and then finding something else to do. <laughs> or, 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 or having something else that solves the problem uh, in the short term. And, and that, that's that's a revolving thing that this movie does. It's been it does it throughout the film from the beginning all the way to the end. But it doesn't seem like any of the characters learn from any of their mistakes. It, it's like they all seem lost over a lot of them. Where it's like, well, we really screwed up this time. Well, let's just keep going. Poe Dameron arguably is the only character that really grows. Aside from Kylo Ren, he was the one who we I was specifically calling grown. out. But but no, no, but the, 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 I you're gonna say you're gonna say what I already think. Yeah, we don't know if he's grown yet though. Yeah, because it was kind of like just told us that he's grown. Yeah. Because throughout the film, he's like, I want to do this, I gotta do this, and honestly, that mutiny could have totally been avoided if Admiral Holden Holdo was just transparent with yeah. what, what which, with what the plan was. Everyone was doubting her. Literally, all you have to do is just tell us what you're gonna do. Because, yeah. because ultimately, you did anyway. <laughs> Cause that, yeah, because if she had done that, there wouldn't have been the side trip to the casino yep. planet. Yep. And then they wouldn't have gotten caught, and then they, DJ wouldn't have been able to tell them about the transport ships. Yeah. So but, it's her fault, really, that the but here's, resistance is uh, a short She really span. dropped the ball on <laughs> this. Not necessarily, but I'd say that if you look at all the pieces... It does all lead to what Joshman is saying in that it's all repeating what had occurred in The Force Awakens in terms of Finn's storyline, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad when you think about it because he doesn't grow as a character through this film. He's kind of doing the same paces, but he has grown from the last film. 
And unfortunately, I feel like a problem we're, we're starting to have is we keep hoping like the next film is going to fix or expand on some of these. You know, after Force Awakens, we're like, oh, well, Captain Phasma didn't really have a great role there. Oh, who is Snoke? Who's Ray's parents? Well, don't worry. The next movie's going to fix that. Um, it didn't. <laughs> it, not at all. Like, like, like now we're still hoping it's like, well... Maybe Finn and and Rose are going to do something in the next movie. Maybe Phasma comes back, question mark? Maybe maybe Kylo Ren was lying about Finn's heritage. Maybe. Maybe Maybe. Luke will come back as a powerful force ghost just like Yoda and call in lightning to destroy a planet that the Empire is like on. Slash the First Order. Like, what planet do they hail from? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what no, is their source? There is no home base for them, right? That's the weird thing. Like we're always con- Starkiller so base was supposed to be it, right? Exactly. So we're so concerned about the rebel bases or the resistance bases, but where where is the base for the first order? The first order now. Don't 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 know. Yeah, they're a fringe group apparently. Yeah. Yeah. On, the, on the moon from the planet Endor. And that's no moon. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, when you when you when you split it out like that, it already shows kind of like uh, lazy writing or just general disregard for what had previously happened. It, it's just where this movie just felt like it was spinning in circles. Devil's advocate. Devil's Go advocate. Go for it. Go for it. George Lucas himself talked about storytelling in terms of he likes things to kind of replicate what he's done before. Him before in terms of letting scenes rhyme with what he has done before. Do you think maybe this fits that thought in terms of filmmaking? Or is it too egregious? Is it too close? There's rhyming and there's plagiarism. I can't I can't turn <laughs> in a, a college paper and it's like this looks plagiarized. Like no it just rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> well was it a poem? No I'm kidding. <laughs> I've what? I've turned in many college papers in poem forms. <laughs> what, what do you think, Mike? I would agree. Like, I, I think that there is a certain degree of rhyming in Force Awakens where this feels more directly and more... Uh, I think maybe because it's so recent. Yes. Whereas whereas The Force Awakens pulls from movies that are 30 years its senior, uh, or even longer than that its mm. senior. Uh, I mean, Jedi is literally pulling from the plot beats of, of Force Awakens. Yeah, like a three-year-old so, movie. Yeah, so that's why it's more egregious it, that, it's, that there's this quote-unquote rhyming if you wanted to be generous with it. It's not like it's taking a movie and it's like, well, we've had such vast technological advances that we can now tell like different parts of the stories better or how we really wanted to tell it. Like You could make that argument with some of the uh, <coughs> Star Wars movies from 30 years ago. Like yes. this, you can't, this movie came out two, three years ago? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I agree. And even then... I have to say, give a shout out to all the amazing CG, but sometimes it looked kind of bad. Example, oh, example, just saying right I now. I know it's coming. When Ray and Luke came out of that Force cave, when they when they went to like that Force pedestal, yeah. and they did a wide shot of it, and you could see them in front of it, they looked like they were like oh. in front of like some kind of green screen. You mean where she was crossing her legs and like <laughs> yeah. the, all the like now I know how to feel stones yeah. Force stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, but, but, I, but, but that, that's a good segue into our next topic. Yeah, because that's where I thought you were going. Yeah. You know, I'll let you lead off on this or one of you. Oh no. Yeah. So the force in general is <laughs> it's always been kind of a an egregiously vague 
thing in the Star Wars universe. Uh, George Lucas but has tried understandable. to apply uh, certain rules to it. Light side, dark side. Uh, Sith had, like, the rule of two. Uh, you know, Jedi had the, you know, teach them from a young age, as well as, uh, you know, uh, don't take any loved ones, you know, into the whole thing. You can't, like, fall in love, etc. So you, you can be objective. It was a religious order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh... They're both religions in their own right. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but in this movie, like, they've been just doing some really strange things with the Force. Uh... We have the, mo- the the biggest one is gonna well, let's just say it. Space Leia is the the S- biggest Super Leia, Super Leia, if you will. Uh, Leia, who has never displayed Force powers. Granted, she's from a, a a bloodline, a lineage that would definitely make her strong with the Force, but she's never had any formal training with the Force. Yes, but I mean, if people were upset with Rey being a quote unquote uh, Mary, Mary Sue. Sue with not only the Force but everything else. We have Leia, who has never practiced with the Force, uh, somehow use it to bring her back from the dead, bring herself back from the dead, because she's been sucked out into the vacuum of space for several seconds, if not at least a minute. She did some Darth Plague, just the wise type shit. Yeah. Mm. And then she pulls (laughs) herself back onto the transport. Uh, I mean, granted, it's it's definitely taken its toll on her, and she's out in a medical coma for... (laughs) For so, most of the movie. I, I, I want to put on my tinfoil hat for a second. I, I want to be Star Wars conspiracy theorist here. And, Do it. And I, I really hope that this is not true. But I, as, as I sit next to Josie in the movie, like we both pretty much assume because of the unfortunate passing of Carrie Fisher, we knew this was going to be her last movie unless they have a CGI or stock footage of her. Which, which, from Rogue One, I just want to add that people are vehemently against. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I especially. I was like, no, what is this? Mm-hmm. So we were both expecting her to die. And so when we saw this scene, we were like, well, this is how she goes out. This is how she dies. But then she doesn't, and she comes back. And then she's in some really kind of questionable scenes because one that whole scene was clearly cgi Mm -hmm. the scenes where she kind of is in bed those look a little funny i don't know if those were real or not there are other scenes where she's knocking on the door with poe and we just see her hand so i'm just wondering and i and i hope this isn't true but i I couldn't help but thinking this they brought her back from the dead yes yes they bring her back from the dead (laughs) did they resurrect her with a dark ritual yeah I'm one. I, I'm wondering if this scene was added for shock value after Carrie Fisher passed away, because you have audiences like me and Josie being like, "We're expecting her to die." They tease this moment in one of the trailers with Kylo Ren having the lock on her, and then it ended up being this huge fake out. Was that fake out always in the movie? Or did they add it after her pass away? Was it a rewrite? Was it a rewrite after her passing away to have this fake out? And, and I hope that's not the case. But like, I couldn't help but think that why, why, why have this fake out in the first place? They don't really do a lot of fake outs in Star Wars. That feels really dirty to me. Yeah. If that's the case. And that's... So uh, in many ways, I agree with your theory. Uh, I felt the same way. 
And in another way, I think that it could have already been written into the movie per se. And the only reason being is that they don't want to kill off the entire rest of what used to be the original trilogy of Han, Leia, and Luke in one, in one movie. movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I can think of because Luke's death, I think, was already written a part of the, uh, going to be a part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And to have kind of like that shock factor within the film of possibly having Leia go because everyone's already expecting Luke to kind of stay until the end. That's a, that's a good uh, red herring in that regard. Sure. So I can see it both ways. Here's the thing though. If you do have, if you, if your original script is that Luke dies in the, in, in, in last Jedi and Leia lives and then, Leia, or I guess Carrie Fisher, unfortunately passes away in real life, and you still have post production to do this stuff in. You literally had the perfect moment to kill her on on screen, and be like, "Look, this is the end of Princess Leia," and then just switch it up and be like, "Oh, Luke can die later, like, and Luke will be around because Luke is around." Luke's death. Other movies was like, I'm sorry, I I did not like that whole last scene with Luke. One with the whole astral projecting thing that even force projecting, force projecting yeah. however we want to go through it, that even Kylo Ren like, is that even a thing I I don't recall that ever being a, a force power I I don't that's that's I, I mean that that leans into the bigger problem of this film is that we're in a world where we have lightsabers and force powers but do you think Ryan Johnson went too far with what we have seen of the Force since the original prequels and the original trilogy. And I argue, yes. It feels like a kid on a playground where you're playing Star Wars with, and it's like, well, I have the Force power to explode the sun. Exactly. It's like, well, what? Oh, my Force power makes me immune to lightsaber. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I just felt like, well, now the Force is like a deus ex machina. But even, even with all that, I don't understand why Luke just didn't go to the planet on himself. There, there's a scene where they show Red Five on on the planet and Luke's some, X-wing Luke, for, for, for the uninitiated. Yes, Luke's X-wing. <laughs> so some of us were thinking, well, Ray's eventually going to lift that as part of her training. Maybe she goes back to the planet yeah. to try to, to do to, that. To, that would be to good rhyme. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, the, I was like, well, I guess they don't have R two, so they can't do anything. And then R two is on the planet, so I'm like, all right, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> One of the greatest starfighters. I love how R2 woke up for a second. He's like, yo, what's up, fam? Okay, yeah. peace. <laughs> yeah, we never see R2 again. Yeah, so I'm like, so, so Luke has a way to get off the island with R2-D2 to join the fight to have another awesome space battle scene. I would have loved to see Poe and Luke just going at it in the sky. Oh, my God. God that would have been amazing. What a missed opportunity. And instead, he projects himself to do this and then dies anyway and I'm like well why did he not just go to the planet what story wise did we gain from Luke just doing this weird hologram thing and then dying alone Uh, I mean the story wise thing is to A introduce a new force power B for to, to show the amount of power that Luke was honing but if we wanted to have like this rhyming thing there was a scene where he held the lightsaber up and he says something similar to Obi-Wan where it's like oh, if yes. you strike me down I thought that's how he was going to die. I will haunt you forever. I thought that would be so what I, cool. Which is what I say to my enemies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Usually it's my enemies who I want to hang out with in my afterlife. Like, like, so I'm going to go. I haunt you. It's like, you know what? We're buddies for life. Ghost buddies. But no, I, I mean, I felt extremely cheated 
by Luke's representation in this film mm-hmm. in total. Uh, as this cantankerous old man that just doesn't want to have to do with anything. Drinks milk straight it's from the tea. It's a cliche trope at this point also. Also, let's talk about that milk a little bit later. But but yeah, it is a cliche trope to, to have like the, the disillusioned teacher after having one bad student. But I, I don't know. I just wasn't ready to see it from Luke, especially because... Luke is such a aspirational, hopeful character for for so much of the the series. Yes, uh, I mean he like much like Ray points out, like he's the one who fight who still says that there are good in people and is able to pull them out. I guess that they were trying to do some more rhyming there and have it pass to Ray instead. Yes, but but, but they, the, they do away with it when the, in the with, by the end of the movie, which is insane. Also, she never really faces uh, Kylo. Yeah. In fe- instead, we get a new Force power, the, oh. the Force Mind Bridge. The, the, not even that. Which, but which, like, which, 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 which. Let's we just can't say right now. To let's find just, Luke let's Skywalker's just, planet. Exactly. It makes no goddamn sense. If if <laughs> if Snoke can locate Ray's mind and connect her mind with Kylo, and she and he can like locate where she is. Mm-hmm. Then you could locate where she's in space. Just saying. Especially if, especially, especially if Luke was able to do the same thing on Dagobah when he felt that his friends were in trouble on Bespin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. Like, I mean, that's even using old school Star Wars force rules to like figure things out. So here's my theory on all of that. And and Josie, I know you didn't really like this theory. I, I, I think you just didn't like it because you believed it, that this is possibly where they're going. Yeah. But what theory? I'm getting going. <laughs> I don't know. I have so many. Like this one's not a conspiracy theory. Well, maybe it is, but it it has to do with like the force and even the title, the Last Jedi. Now, where you have Supreme Leader Snoke killed, you have basically Kylo Ren taking over for him, who says, "I'm sick of all this stuff. I there's no more Sith. There's no more Jedi. We're just gonna do what we want to do." Clearly, he has no interest in carrying on the Sith traditions. Then you have Rey, who is probably more largely unfamiliar with a lot of the Jedi traditions. She, we, we see that she takes the books. Who knows what are in the books? But we might... She got no training, y'all. She got no training. She, she probably doesn't know much about Jedi culture. So I'm thinking this is going to be a huge reset on a lot of the rules and laws of the Force that George Lucas set up, specifically in the prequels, but but some in the original trilogy. Those rules including the the previously mentioned Rule of Two with the Sith, because at the end of the movie they show like other Force-sensitive people like using the Force to carry brooms to themselves. Ugh. I think we might start seeing armies of Sith and armies of Jedi and ignoring certain rules like, oh, if you're a Jedi, you can't love. Uh, you have to start training as like basically a child and a baby and you need to be separated from your parents because again, love is not a principle of the Jedis for some reason. And, and this has me excited for maybe some future movies where they'll actually be like squads and gangs of Sith that will have to show down against like squads and gangs of other Jedi. If you remember from the prequels, one of the shady things was there were so many Jedi, but there wasn't really a lot of Sith for them to fight, for any of them to really 
kind of shine. Like you had like. Sh- I mean, one Sith took down the entire Jedi Council. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One's pr- all you need. It's like here, here's <laughs> Kit Fisto. You can buy his action figure uh, and all this other stuff. It, it, but it's costume. like, yeah, he has no one to fight. It, 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 who's going to defeat like Darth Maul or Darth Sidious? Do you think Kit Fisto is the one that's going to rise to the top? Okay. I mean, think about Kylo Ren. If when and if the time comes where Kylo Ren is going to get killed. There's probably a very short list of people who can and will kill him. And I think it begins and ends with Ray. Like like could you see anyone else plot wise? I don't think so. Coming in? Exactly. See, the reason why I don't like your theory, uh, I understand it. Mm-hmm. And I even assumed that that's what was happening, is because it's an insidious plot. It's a commercial in order to promote Star Wars after this Star Wars. It's not for episode nine. It's it's to, it's to increase the franchise outside of the Luke Skywalker or not the Skywalker saga that was the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. But for that to be true, like like Rian Johnson would have to be like making his own own trilogy at some point. Oh, oh. there you go. And that's my issue is that we're on episode eight of a connected saga. And granted, the quality does waver in some points. Cough. Prequels, cough. (laughs) But they're all connected. That's why the prequels feel more, uh, let's say, mandatory or needed in terms of the main story, while this one feels more disposable. Because it's growing and to connect everything together, while this one actually is kind of nihilistic. It's saying, nothing matters. It's saying, "You you don't need the Jedi. You don't need the Sith. Kylo Ren says, do away with the past. So does Yoda. It's it's frustrating as a longtime Star Wars fan to be told to throw away those things. Yeah, metatextually speaking, it just felt like a, a letter, an open letter from Ryan Johnson to be like, get rid of it. <laughs> I, I, you, you nerds are, are too tied up with your past. You know, you're fighting each other over like minuscule things. It doesn't matter because I'm throwing all those rules away anyway. You know, here come the gray Jedi. You know, yeah. Which honestly, <clears throat> I don't see as completely negative. It's not. Uh, you don't, but I do. I mean, it's it's not that's a difference in opinion, I right? Mean, yeah. I mean, for years you look at games like Force Unleashed. And I know these aren't canon, but it's like you can have a je- uh, uh, a character that has dark side powers and light side powers and mix them up. Now that could actually be canon. Uh, well, here's the thing: you're talking about a video game that is. I'm talking about a video game for now. In the future, yeah, 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 an extended universe video yeah. game, and that's all well and good. And they could do that without throwing away this saga. They can do that with the new trilogy and introduce that. Hell, I would have been cool with them doing that with an, uh, an old Republic type movie because even in the old Republic, there were gangs of Sith, gangs of Jedi. You know, they didn't necessarily have to adhere to those things. You can do that moving forward, granted, but I don't think that was completely mandatory within this film, within this saga. To, to do that. I think it was more, and that's why I say insidious, in that they're utilizing the name and popularity of this saga into, into, in order to introduce that new thing. It's, it's also frustrating to me as someone who enjoys writing and enjoys uh, good writing. Uh, <laughs> writing and uh, good writing? <laughs> well, I meant like the, the act of writing as yes. well as like appreciating good writing. Um, <clears throat> that limitations and rules aren't necessarily limiting, so to speak. 
like, like it, it might free you up in order to because it forces you to become more creative in certain ways of whether the, like how you tell your story uh, or maybe coming up with ways to compensate for the way that that person is lacking. In other words, uh, if you have someone who can't use dark side powers because he is a Jedi, then you find some other re- ways to make him go dark or whatever. Uh, but you don't just have all these random... Like, again, we're going back to that whole kid on a playground with, like, well, I want those powers, and but my guy's a good guy, so I can't have those powers. But what if I threw away the rules that I don't really care anymore? You know, it's that kind of a thing. I mean, and also if you want to talk about like the kid on the playground with the most powers, let's let's talk about uh, Supreme Leader Snoke. Supreme Leader broke. <laughs> yeah, for real though, this is a broken ass character. Yeah, he's so strong that he can locate Mayans from across the galaxy, link them together without them knowing it, and then and then he's not powerful enough to sense the fact that he's about to be betrayed. Yeah. So, so you out there at Listening Land, you can't see me right now, but but my mom, hi mom, bought me a Last Jedi shirt that I am wearing right now. I it, wanted to set it on fire when I saw it. <laughs> front and center is just this huge, huge Snokehead. Obviously, he's going to have a big impact in this movie. He's going to do something. We're going to learn about about Supreme Leader Snoke, right? Guys? Here's the thing: it's done in the style of like the original Hildebrand illustrated poster of Star Wars. The 1977 Star Wars? Oh, yeah, it rhymes with it. And uh, <laughs> it does rhyme with it. It does rhyme with it. But here's the frustrating thing. Rey is front and center, and so is Finn. Yeah. <laughs> and Snoke is right behind them. Oh, man, it's so frustrating. To watch Rose this. is nowhere to be seen on this. <laughs> I, I am sure this was purchased at, like, Kohl's or something. Fair, fair. Uh, but anyways, Snoke. Yeah, so Snoke has all these powers, and yet he cannot sense like i mean he's even dictating how he's gonna die and he can't even like sense that it's him that's the he target is of all turning this. his lightsaber as he is about to execute his enemy i mean uh, the, the, the dumbest person could see this telegraph like from a thousand miles away not just that but he doesn't have peripheral vision it, literally the lightsaber is right next to him the entire time this is going on, I I was screaming in my own mind because I was like, "There's no way they're gonna waste this character like this." They do, and they waste him. This was like straight up WWE style dialogue. Like I could see like this is like Paul Heyman talking about Brock Lesnar, where it's like, like Kylo Ren, the animal. He listens to everything. He would never betray me. He can feel the power. Strike down your enemy. That's not me. I'm your master. <laughs> like, Jesse, I know you don't watch wrestling, but I'm I definitely don't. the last time I saw Brock Lesnar on the screen, that is exactly how his manager was. <laughs> and I was just like, he's like, I'll take you down. The su- he'll take you down to Suplex City. And I was like, oh my God. This guy, he's like such a throwback to like the 80s kind of managerial wrestler. And uh, I, I, I mean, that. that Missed was- opportunity, Disney, not having WWE crossover where you have Snook and Kyle. <laughs> Red. Have they owned that? John they Cena own, is going to be in episode own, nine. He's already in Ferdinand. Why not? Uh, but uh, maybe Ferdinand's dream works. I forget. I don't. Uh, but anyways, Snoke, I am solely disappointed. But at the same time, think about it in context of the previous movies, as we've done before. And what kind of character development did we get for the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine? In the, in the prequels, I guess. Yeah, and, but I'm talking about the original trilogy. How about in the original trilogy that we've all seen, we all love, and how much did the Emperor get? 
He didn't get a lot of character development, no, but he was still a major threat all the way through the end of the trilogy. I mean, we had Darth Vader, like, bowing before him, whereas here, like, Kylo Ren is just kind of, like, really whiny. He doesn't obviously like a lot of the things Snoke is saying to him. He's destroying his helmet. Even Snoke is just like, why are you wearing that stupid helmet, that ridiculous helmet? Oh, yeah. I feel like that's another thing where they were like, let's just get rid of that. Yeah. Again, again in the writing. You know what I mean? Let's get rid of that. I love that helmet. I love that helmet. I love the even the dumb helmets that everyone was wearing, like those samurai police that they had on the <laughs> casino planet. Canto bite? Yeah. I mean, there's... I, even, even, even the Praetorian Guard. Silly they, hats. They look pretty slick. Silly hats is something I just chalk up to being a Star Wars movie, and I love it. Yeah. I love silly hats slash masks. No one cared who I was until I started wearing the mask. <laughs> exactly. That's that's Boba, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, Snoke. I I do. I thought they were building him up for something else. You're right, and it feels like this is this movie is kind of like a mixture of both Empire Strikes and uh, <laughs> Return of the Jedi a little bit, and that, that it feels like an ending to a lot of things. This, you know what uh, I mean? I feel like this actually is pulling lines from Spaceballs, where it should have been called <laughs> Star Wars Fooled You! No, I, <laughs> and just like, oh, we had all these things set up, but just kidding, they're not important. So I think this illustrates a problem that the Star Wars franchise might have. So you look at Marvel, and clearly they have a lot of different directors, even running on the, the same movies like Thor. But there's kind of an overarching goal and direction, like like someone overseeing like where everything is going and where everything is leading into. For you know, George Lucas and the prequels and the original trilogy. Sure, sure. Well, I'm just talking about the Marvel movies now. For this, oh no, no, but I'm just saying for Star Wars. Oh yes, he had that clear direction in terms yeah. of his own creation. Right, it was his. So for the Force Awakens, and they're they're trying to do this whole whole big franchise thing with Star Wars too, mm-hmm. but. It seems like there's no one there kind of making sure there's, like, consistency and conformity because I feel like J.J. Abrams passed on what he had to, to I don't know if I pronounced his name right. Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Is it Ryan Johnson? Yeah. I always want to say Ryan. Ryan Johnson. And Ryan Johnson probably looked at a bunch of stuff like, yeah, I'm not using a lot of this. Snoke, whatever. Phasma. Lucas <laughs> Page out. Ray's parents. Are you kidding me? Uh, I'm just going to do whatever I, I want. Uh, Here's the thing that pisses me off about Ray's parents. Just a quick tangent here. Go for it. Is by the end of The Force Awakens, even like Daisy Ridley herself, she's like, oh, no one knew who Ray's parents are? I thought it was pretty clear. And I was like, what are you fucking talking about? Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) And and, and then that entire situation where she has like that Force vision, if you will, where we have Yoda, we have Darth Vader's breathing, we have Obi-Wan speaking. And then here, it's like, forget about. Not to say that they can't bring it back, but yeah, like like this yeah. this movie like did not go in any of that direction. Uh, it's like J.J. Abrams is doing nine, right? Yeah, so you gotta wonder if he'll try to rest it back, and that'll be kind of weird too. It'll be de- like, it'll be dependent on feedback. How weird would it be if he just like retcons Snoke back into? The- I hope that's in the opening crawl. In the opening crawl, it's like Episode Eight didn't happen. Here, here's what happens. Here, here's my here's my fanfic for Episode Nine. Luke wakes up and he's like, what was that? And Yoda's like, the future, you saw, yes. <laughs> yes! It was all a tree fire dream. <laughs> it was all a tree fire dream that could have happened. 
Yeah, exactly. He looked into the flames and was like, oh shit, this could happen. If that happens in the first 15 minutes of episode 9, I will just stand up and start clapping. <laughs> but no, no, no. Here's, here, here's another thing. Again, devil's advocate. Uh, can we give them? Can we give Ryan Johnson points for originality then, and that he didn't go the way people were expecting? Because a lot of people are happy about that. They're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, it didn't lead the way that I thought it would." So I think we started off this by by kind of really putting the movie down. But let me ask you guys: Did you hate the movie? Oh yeah, I didn't like it. You didn't like it, but did you hate it? Oh, uh, hate's a strong word. I'm. I mean. I can give you my rating, but I, I'm going to say I didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hate it. And like you, when I left the movie theater, I was like, that wasn't a waste of time. But again, like, the more I thought about it, I was like, hey. It's more of a yeah. waste of time. So <laughs> I didn't hate hate the movie. Yeah. I would probably watch again, even after putting some time between the prequels. Some of them are watchable. Like, not sit down. Like, I feel like watching episode one right now. But if it's on TV... Sure, I'll have it on and occasionally glance at some of the cooler parts. But, okay. Uh, I, I don't think I hated the movie, but but go on. I think I'm it looked. To... I think it looked pretty. Uh, there were a lot of pretty things that happened in it. Uh, the planet with the weird red ground is pretty. Is it weird? Yeah, it but was, it's Star Wars. It was a throwback to Hoth. Yeah, it's, it's a like it's all to... white. No, it isn't. Ha. Rhyme, slant rhyme, rhyme. yay, <clears throat> yeah, we're in the opposite. I mean, that's how Empire starts. Empire starts with them kind of like running away from uh, the Empire. And they're, they're, they're like, hey, uh, we got this base, and this base is being attacked on, then they have to leave the base. But, hey, hey, okay, <laughs> Let, let's compare that, though. In Empire, like... Darth Vader, like, they actually show all this effort to go through to find the base. He's obsessed. He's obsessed. And and they send the probe droid, and, and Vader's like, yep, that's the planet. On this, sure, the they, First Order then just shows up, and then we're told that they're, that they're able to track the ship through light, light speed. speed, even though everyone's like, that's not possible. We're only told this. Like, it's never expanded on. It's like, how are they tracking the ship? Is there a traitor? Did they put a tracking device? Do they have this new technology? Somehow Rose is like, oh, there's something that they're using the track that we could just go shut it off. Yeah, she's like, it's a similar theory. Yeah. To something. And then, yeah. and then and and just somehow, and somehow people... hey, 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 somehow they have the fucking blueprints. Just saying. Wait, what just they saying. Nice they plug. They have the blueprints. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. They had the blueprints to the ship. Oh, my God. But yeah, we're, we're never shown like how they could do it. We're just told they could do that, and then they do that, and that's that's the plot of the movie. No, we, we trust that they, that it's true because two people say the same thing at the same time and then like celebrate that they had the same idea. <laughs> and, and that's the plot of the movie. Like That is literally what the plot of the movie is. Well, I mean, this is the first time a Star Wars movie, movie is based around fuel consumption. So yeah. there's, there's that. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you want to move on from Force in order to look, look at the more gross inaccuracies of the film? Yes, okay. yes. Let, let's let's go ahead and do that. So this this was the it, this was like as much as as much good as I said about the the first ten or fifteen minutes of this movie. Uh, the one glaring thing that told me that kind of set the tone for like, oh, you, I'm gonna have to throw my brain away to enjoy this movie was the fact that they had all these bombers in space 
and they were relying on, I guess, gravity to drop bombs on this dreadnought, but there's no gravity in space. So <laughs> they would have just been floating in the bomber. Yeah, the entire time I was like I was expecting for the bomber to like have some kind of propulsion system for the bombs to like launch them down. But like they unlock like regular bombers would and then nothing and then like they should like it's space. They should just float there and then yeah. just blow up inside of the bomber. <laughs> no, you're completely right. And that is unfortunately a gross oversight. Yeah. And so let's talk about the design of the bombers, too. Because there's a lot wrong here. <laughs> where, where, where Paige... I'm going to keep calling her Paige. I'm going to assume that, that that's her name. <laughs> so so I guess something happens where somehow the dude at the bottom of the ship dies. But... Uh, at, no, the top, the, at the top of the ship. Or at the top. Wherever we're, the bombs we're in space. are we're, We don't even know what yeah, type of bombs. Yeah. No, yeah, she is a, She is like the tail gunner yeah. section. She's oh, the she's bottom. the tail gunner? I yes. thought she was the pilot. No, no, no. no, no. She needs to go upstairs. Yeah, the she has to go upstairs. And she makes it upstairs, but the, there's the an ladder. explosion. Yeah, and then she falls back down, and then the, the button is still up there. Which is on a remote. So so it's like, what happens if you lose that remote and there's really no other way? Like, you couldn't just go up to, like, the... There's no manual thing. release. There's no lever you can pull somewhere. Yeah, where it's just, like, go down. It's like, they don't have Siri. Where it's like, Siri, release payload. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, the, it's the war profiteers, man. It's, it's like, you have to go back to the manufacturer. <laughs> and, and so what happened to the bombers in, in the original trilogy, which would be the Y-Wings and the Thai bombers? Those yes. seem, like, much better. Better designed bombers. They're than, faster. They, they're smaller. They look yeah, like ships. They're more they maneuverable. Like flying ice cream cones that are gonna get shot down. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, ice definitely. cream cones. But I just like the egregious oversight of gravity. That is probably one of the worst things. That... When you mentioned that, I was like, "Why did I not notice that?" <laughs> yeah, that is exactly. So stupid. <laughs> we just kind of bought it. <laughs> but yeah, they should have just floated there instead of like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and and that's something that that you that they I feel like they expect you to do throughout the entire movie is to just buy it and be like, "Yeah, okay." And that's where mm-hmm. I say the movie succeeds. To be honest, is that it is a flashy movie. Yeah, there's a it's constantly moving, so pacing isn't really an issue. I did feel the length of it. Ooh, yeah, towards the end, I was like, what? But there's constantly there's always something happening though. Mm-hmm. So I, I give him that, and I thought that Ryan Johnson's directing was pretty damn good. Yeah, but in terms of content, that's where it really for me falls short. Yeah, I think if they let him helm a movie they should let someone else write the screenplay <laughs> what's another gross inaccuracy oh man so so the whole phone call with Maz Kanata that like raises oh, a yeah. lot of questions for me <laughs> number one they're trying to get to this planet to call the fleet well if they're able to just make phone calls from the ship to people like Maz like there's no one they can trust to be like the code word is emergency or whatever get everyone from the outer rim to show up here yeah red alert What? whatever but, yeah, so Maz Kanata, in the middle of some kind of gunfight, is... Union dispute. Union dispute, whatever. She's rocket-packing all over the place, blowing shit up, and I'm just like... She's she, the new Boba. She, why... Was there any ever any a situation where, you know, like, maybe her house or castle was under attack, and it would have been really cool to see her strap on a jetpack and just start blowing shit up? Whatever. I digress. Well, so I mean, I mean that. Her, her castle blew up in The Force Awakens. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. why, she why didn't there? she pop yeah. out? She, and she's just like, oh, Finn, here's a lightsaber. Sorry, I can't give you a gun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the, the thing. is like, how are we getting this footage of her anyway? Who's, who's recording this? Who's recording this? this? 
Is there like a, a it's GoPro? One of those body, it's, it's a body cam. Is where it, like it's projecting the person? Does she, yeah, does she yeah. have a body cam on? Does she have one of those drones that just flies behind you as like a selfie thing? Here's another one. The transports. At, oh. the, at the very tail end of the film, the, the main uh, frigate, if you will, is unloading the transports. Admiral Holden... Hildo, pardon, Admiral Holdo is, you know, flying the, the large ship, trying to allow the smaller transports that are unshielded to move away. Now, they explain in the very beginning of the film that this ship is lighter, faster, so it uh, it is at a range that the guns on the big Empire Imperial ships, First Order ships, I keep wanting to say Empire. Yeah. All the same but, thing. But yeah, it's all the same thing. The First Order ships are unable to effectively dismantle their shields. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I can buy that. Um, now, the question is, though, why haven't they, with all their infinite resources, gotten a lighter, medium-class ship, unlike these small TIE fighters that only have a certain range? Why couldn't they find a fighter like that? But I digress. Let's move on. These transports are further away than the frigate, and yet they needed DJ to explain to them that there's there's a couple of transports that, that, that he's paying handsomely for. Yeah, exactly. It's not like the First Order is averse to torturing people for information. They spent most of the Force Awakens doing that. And then the First Order fires at a longer range than the frigate in order to destroy these transports. Well, I just realized the other thing that they, they, we, we've, self, we've mindlessly bought into is they said that these are heavier ships and we can't move as fast. We're still in space. Weight doesn't really matter in space. It should move the same amount. So why didn't like half the first order? All of this is wrong because they don't get the physics right. I know Neil deGrasse Tyson is probably way blowing this up. He's rolling in his grave, like way more. Like the the physics inaccuracies probably killed him. Now he's rolling over. So yeah, why didn't half the first order? Because there was one ship at the end. Why didn't they just go into hyperspace and come back out on the other side of the fleet and just capture them in a pincer move? They have so many like like again. Again, I say that they have so many uh, reinforcements or what have you. They have a lot of star destroyers. Why not just say, hey, one star destroyer or two, however many, just go out there, do this, do that roundabout thing that you just said. Yeah. It, it, why it, not? They also make it very clear when they're like dressing down Poe. That that's not the only dreadnought in the in the entirety of the uh, first order of forces. I don't know why more dreadnoughts don't just show up and, and take out. If they're fleet killers, isn't the whole purpose for this thing to kill the fleet? Yeah, with their infinite resources, don't they have other ships? It's nuts. <laughs> and so, if a dreadnought is a fleet killer, like that, we open the movie with Finn disable or not Finn Poe disabling one in his X-wing. Like I guess it just has. Ten guns or whatever, ten guns. You shoot down those ten guns, oh, it, it's over. It's done. You're telling me that the the resistance is less heavily fortified than that, like has more guns that you can't just keep sending TIE fighters out to them to to soften them up a little bit, to blow them up, to, to disable their, their engines? Because they're like, oh, we can't send the, the, the TIEs out there because it's just too far away and they'll run yeah, out of power or the whatever. The first thing they do is disable all of their fighters. So they can't protect themselves against the ties. Oh. <laughs> um, and then they're like, we can't support you. We don't need it. <laughs> There's no fighters to fight us off. Yes, exactly. And I mean, even then, uh, this is this is to go against the grain, but this actually reinforces your idea, Joshman, of you know that tinfoil hat theory about Leia. Mm-hmm. The situation of the TIE fighters 
hitting the bridge and Leia like dying, there were no repercussions for uh, for Kylo. Kylo didn't feel anything. He was he was he was you know he had a crisis of conscience while he was aiming at it. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, you know, with the somewhat death of his mother, nothing in the story ever hinted to anything that occurred with her ever again. Oh, it's because he didn't do it, dude. I know, but I'm just... <laughs> no, no, that's it. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's it. Well, I didn't do it. I'm fine. There's still some good in him. There's still some good in him. He's gonna... Yeah, some good that he doesn't care. <laughs> He's going to be the first gray Jedi. Anything else? The medical frigate? The medical frigate. So why wasn't why wasn't Finn on that? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> like, you, he has, like, a severe spinal injury that I guess isn't that severe, because he can... He can Where he has to wear, it. like, the wearable back to tank. tank. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's... he's But he's on the main ship for some reason? Is it, like, a VIP status thing, where, like, he gets to be by his friends? And even then, like, if he's a VIP, shouldn't he be, like, on the place with the most medical stuff? So, like, the medical frigate would have already been in the air, like, after they evacuated. So, like, that's clearly where he would have gone, uh, being in this but poe lands on the main ship and it's like oh finn finn is there he just woke up and he's gonna go meet bb8 now it cuts a scene of him moving from the medical frigate to the main, <laughs> That's it. The yeah. main fleet because like I hey, mean, I mean, it, it, this it, guy's plot armor is pretty thick so we need to move him over to this out of all the things that we've <laughs> talked about it is a little bit more nitpicky but it does it does again like get to an inaccuracy where you're like okay like how do things work oh i have and if many there are no more nits if, I there, if there are no rules in this universe then why do we care then that's and that's uh, that's another issue that i had with the main uh motif or theme of this movie is that you know they're like forget about everything <laughs> Forget about the past. Kill the past. This isn't the first time that Ryan Johnson has told us to forget about stuff in a script explicitly either. Looper. Looper. Like, in a movie that's rife with time paradoxes, he's like, forget about all the paradoxes that occur in time travel. Don't think too hard. Don't think too hard. Just enjoy this. And I, like, look, I, I see the value in that for some people. People can do that. People are free to do that. But if you're doing that, then you have to admit you're doing it because the story doesn't make sense. And that's weak writing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's your choice to do that. And then to say that, like, if someone can't do that, that they're some kind of basement dweller uh, who just wants to, quote unquote, hate on something. That's that's inaccurate at best. If anything, if anyone's doing something like mindlessly or out of out of like a. Uh, a reactive, like, not thinking about something standpoint, it's the person who's saying, like, you're a basement They're trying to shut down conversation. Yeah, they're Mm -hmm. trying to shut down conversation because they don't want to think about it too deeply. Yeah, they don't want to hear the dissenting opinion Mm -hmm. because it might change their mind. It challenges what they do like about something and Mm -hmm. if they can go ahead and reinforce those opinions in the face of someone that may have something contrary to what they believe. Yeah, and I mean... I'm a guy who likes to like stuff, mm-hmm. and even then, like, I mean, like, I have my limits. Yeah, I'm c- I'm cynical, and I found this movie too cynical. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> but but go on. You were gonna say something else, Joshman? Oh, so the the final battle, like on whatever planet it was. This this it's was a mining planet that you know kind with, of mirrors... with all the cool red stuff that that looked awesome. Like the salt, I guess is what they called it. Like they they're just doing the salt. But yeah, I'm glad that we had that one scene. The oh, one it's guy. salt. And then, and then they stayed on him for like a good number of seconds. I was like, why are we still here? He's <laughs> like, it's it's not snow. This is totally different than the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so like the Empire Strikes Back, because it, uh, it's all going to rhyme, they have these He's weird... He's saying that sarcastically. Yes. They have these weird like snow speeder things that they're going to send out against the the empire's AT-ATs. I forgot what they're called. At walkers. They're like ATM9s or something. Oh, really yeah, weird. because they look like silverbacks yeah. as yes. opposed to regular walkers. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to call them AT-ATs out of convenience for myself. And then the Sorry, death, nerds. And then the Death Star tech with the battering ram. Yeah. Yeah, so the, I was trying to figure out what they were trying to do because it just seemed like all the resistance just drove for them, towards them, and got picked off. Like, they didn't do anything. They didn't fire back. They, they, maybe they did, but I don't remember, like... I don't remember them firing back, I, Yeah, I don't remember... They couldn't get close enough because yeah. of, the, of the walkers. They, they just all got It's all about range. Decimated. This movie's all about fuel and range. It really yeah. is. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, so, so I was like, that scene was just kind of pointless because it just sent out people to die. And, and... Oh, but, Poe but, was in charge of it. But none of the people who, who you would care about dying died. It felt like that last mining colony or whatever planet, mm-hmm. that entire thing was a uh, a scene just for Poe, for Poe's growth, aside from Luke dying. Because another thing that I found with the film was I thought there were multiple parts, A, where I thought there was running long, mm-hmm. but also there's multiple scenes with uh, you know, the orchestral swelling. And I'm like... Oh, this is a place where they can end it. Oh, this and I said that like three or four times. <laughs> One of the specific places where I thought it could end was when Admiral Holdo did the lightspeed attack against the First Order. She decimated the First Order to the point where I was like, they're not recovering anytime soon. And then the transports are still going on their way. It's kind of like a bittersweet ending, a la Empire. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I could see that. Every everyone's in a holding pattern, but you know they're moving on. This has separated them. This the gulf has widened, more than what is what has been occurring before. Or when they go to the actual planet, and then Luke shows up, and he's like facing the ATM nines, whatever you call them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is a place where they can end it, where it's like a cliffhanger, just like in the Force Awakens, uh, rhyming, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, <laughs> they had that situation. And then it got to a point where they escape. Ray gets them. Uh, after not coming back to the fight because she needed to be away from them in the Millennium Falcon for some reason. Yeah. Questions yeah. about there. And they reconnoiter with the Millennium Falcon. Everyone's in there. It's a small ragtag group. They have been decimated. The resistance forces have been decimated, but they still have hope. Luke is lost. Okay, that's a place to end it. No, let's end it on these three random kids from Canto Bite with the freaking magical rebel ring. Oh my god, that stupid Dakota ring bullshit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, ugh. <laughs> it was so frustrating. That's why, like, I think episode nine, there might be a little bit of a time skip, and it's gonna have you're gonna have uh, Jedi armies and Sith armies being raised. We can see that because that way we get to see sick force 
fights. That way... Yeah, because we didn't really get them here. That no, way, we Disney, we can sell more lightsabers and costumes for kids who want to be a Sith, or costumes for kids who want to be a Jedi... Uh, can you buy the I mean, there, Dakota Ring? It's already out there. Though. You know you can buy the Dakota Ring. Yeah, yeah but you, you know, know you know that Dakota Ring was made specifically to sell the. But children. it's like a Transformers movie. They have to have new Transformers, so you keep buying the new toys. Well, now this is a good way to just keep cycling in and out different Jedi, different Sith, different lightsabers. I understand what you're saying. I don't have to like it. I mean, hey, whoa, maybe, maybe. (laughs) I don't think anyone at this table likes it. (laughs) Maybe lightsabers are going to be one of the things that they get rid of and start having more different light weapons. They broke the lightsaber. They broke the lightsaber in the end of this one. Yeah. Luke's lightsaber, which we never found out how. Oh, oh, maybe it's in the the supplemental material. Isn't kyber crystals were, like, super scarce, like, at the end of the Clone Wars? Like, by the time... By the time they were pulling together Kyber Crystals for the Death Star, they were already a scarce uh, commodity. And now we're talking 40 years in the future as they've been, like, kind of scattered to the winds. You're going to have to have, like, quests for Kyber Crystals now. That's It's just, I mean, so, yeah, you're going to see a diversity of weapons. Like, who knows? It might even not, not even be a sword anymore, you know, like light nunchucks or who knows yeah i mean they kind of did that with the praetorian guard they have uh you know like the staff like anti-lightsaber but think 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 of them using lightsaber tech yeah Yeah. i mean i could i could definitely see that that's that's that that, that seems like an organic step yeah certain vibro blades have been known to uh have been known to (laughs) have been known to like combat uh uh, lightsabers also. I yes. Mean, yeah, so, I mean, it's not that there aren't weapons that can combat lightsabers. It's just the lightsaber is the, kind of like the trump card of the Jedi. They're, they're going to have a Master Ataris Kazi, where they have, like, a lightsaber knuckles. Yeah. yeah that yeah, would be awesome. <laughs> oh, really? I used to pronounce it Kasai. Taris Kasai? I, you know yeah. what? Pronounce it however you want. I probably Dude, this get is an stuff old wrong. game. What a pull. <laughs> Love it. Anyways, uh... I think. Are there any more that you want to talk about, or no. should we move oh, on? I, I think I think so. I've exhausted all of them. I mean, there are always <laughs> well, there's more. There's plenty of stuff to talk about. There's so. always a bigger fish. But these are some of the things that we wanted to, to to hone in on. Some of the gross, like things that we just felt like this movie really did not do a service to the entire saga overall. So, what are your what are your final thoughts on these things? Final thoughts. I thought that this was. Uh, like I said, I, I literally just said it. Funny enough, uh, you know, it did. It does a disservice to the saga, uh, to the fans of the original saga. It tells you to throw away what you've loved and what is, in my opinion, made the saga amazing. And uh, a lot of the magic has been lost because of it. I think the direction was solid, but in terms of story and progression of the story, I thought it was a very, very poor movie. Mm-hmm. So, in, in my opinion, I, I actually, this is another Star Wars film that I'm just really disappointed in. Uh, just like Rogue One, where Rogue One, I can actively say that I don't think it exists. I can't, unfortunately, say that for that for this, but I want to. Yeah. How about yourselves? Well, for me, I think judging it in the moment is going to be difficult, because just saying right now, um, I didn't like it. I don't. I don't hate it, but I didn't like it. But looking maybe 10 years in the future when we have like 20 more Star Wars movies to judge, maybe... <laughs> Please, no. Maybe... No, no, I'm just saying... I know it's going to happen. We can point back to this movie and probably be like, well, this is where a lot of these turning changes... Point. Yeah, this is a turning point. This is where a lot of these changes 
happened so maybe this movie isn't that great right now but maybe this is like the uncomfortable change metamorphosis for something mm. greater that's my most positive spin that i could put on this otherwise um who was in charge like better luck next time because it just seemed like <laughs> it, it just seemed like there were so many baffling decisions like like was a lot of stuff cut out to explain certain things was was no one really checking up on the script and being like hey do these characters have something to do or are they just not going to do anything? I I think as a movie, just as a movie itself, it fails. It it just fails with structure. It fails with what they have the characters to do, which in some case isn't anything. I think the flaws interrupt the viewing experience. Uh, Again, I was entertained. That's a a great way of putting it. I like the flaws interrupt the viewing experience. Yeah, I, I was entertained by the movie, but afterwards the flaws have have really just interrupted the way I'm able to watch and enjoy this film. Just and more uh, the the movie does a good job of hiding the flaws while you're watching them, but then after closer scrutiny, you you, you start to, you know, actually make a more concerted effort into thinking about what's hap- what's what has transpired. Yes. And then it just doesn't hold up. In the future, I can see many of the people associated with this movie like releasing articles or interviews saying like here's what i think this movie did wrong i can see that because right now there's only articles that are saying how much it's done right yeah mike the force awakens was a statement i felt from disney saying we are going to be good stewards of this thing you love and it showed us that they were trying to put the heart back into star wars after The Last Jedi, I feel like they've reneged on that promise and that they've actually taken a lot of the heart out of Star Wars. In fact, that they've told you to kind of uh, forget, forget about, about what you loved. Yeah, forget about what you love. Like, you can, you, you've loved that thing before, but, you know, move, move past your past and, like, only look forward to the future. And that can, I mean, no one's saying that that future can't be great. You know, I agree with Josh, man. You know, for sure. Like, the future with these new set of rules could create some very interesting stories. But, you know, at the same time, I don't appreciate being told that that the past doesn't matter anymore. Because, you know, ignoring the past, I mean, it's bad on all fronts of things. Because you, you, you are doomed to make the same mistakes that you've made before. And you also don't appreciate the good things that came before either. And that's that's that seems like a waste to me and kind of disingenuous to the fan as well as to the series itself. Uh, you know, George Lucas, for, you know, for whatever you want to say about the way that he was a custodian to his own to his own story, at least, you know, with him being the creator, he felt he was moving in the best interests of the story. You know, he was trying to say, like, look, this is the story that I want to tell. Whereas, you know, The Last Jedi is saying... uh, The stories don't matter. The stories don't matter. You know, what matters is the story at hand. And, you know, whoa. And then, like, also keep an eye out for my trilogy which will have Grey Jedi in it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, So, I mean, overall, I I just... uh, 
I don't know, man. I, I feel like I've talked myself into lowering its status even further. In, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm going to be honest with you, and I hope you don't take this compliment the wrong way, but that was beautifully put. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's all I, I, I like. I mean, but Star Wars has always been such a place of hope and uh, uh, warmth for me. Even, even in the face of darkness. Yeah. Which is what happens with Empire, because it ends with hope. Yeah. And this, this seems to have no hope. Like, the, one of the things that I'm, I'm told, like, in, like, the most basic uh, film studies class is, like, when any, whenever something is glossy and uh, seeming of, like, kind of, like, a manufactured nature, it's to show that it is not natural. It's to show that it's, like, something that's been polished and been made to look a certain way and that you should not trust it. And that's what this movie is. It's, a, like, a glossy piece of Stormtrooper armor. Like, I don't trust it. Uh, so those were our thoughts on The Last Jedi. <laughs> what do you guys feel? We know that you have a feeling about it. We'd love to hear from you. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Yeah. And if you disagree with us, give us actual reasons why you disagree with us. Don't just say that we're basement dwellers because I don't live in a basement. Yeah. I'm I on mean, the, it I'm might on the, be I'm on the first floor. Yeah, <laughs> you're on the first floor. <laughs> you're still above ground. <laughs> yeah. It might be the lowest. Floor. I see sunlight. <laughs> I like. I live on the parking garage level, so I guess I'm like a garage dweller. <laughs> so I get to look out to like, oh, that's what the parking garage is. Awesome. <laughs> thank you, Josh, man, for for joining us. Oh, thank y'all for inviting me. Yeah. Do you want to plug your uh, website again? Yeah, sure. It's justsaying.com. I'm not going to spell that again. <laughs> a gaming community with balls. And if you would like to follow me personally on Instagram and on Twitter, I am at arguably true. Great. So you can find all things Pod Nerdy to me. We're on Twitter. We're at Pod Nerdy the number two me. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podnerdy the number two me. Tumblr, podnerdy the number two me.tumblr.com. Uh, our website is podnerdy the number two me.com. And uh, that's a lot of that's number it. twos. That's all man. of it. <laughs> that is a lot of number twos. But as always, you can rate and subscribe to us. Please let us know how we're doing. You know, whether you like us or not, that way we can go and change our format. We're flexible. Exactly. But until next time, may the force be with you. Thank you.